0: Well, come on somebody, make some noise if you're glad to be in church today. Welcome to those of you who are with us live and in person. If you're tuned in on television, online, or joining from a prison correctional facility, nursing home or hospital bed, church, would you put your hands together and let's welcome all of our friends and family. No matter where you are today, God is with you. And it is an honor to worship alongside of you. Quick disclaimer, um, I am preaching right now to an empty room on a Wednesday morning. And the reason I am doing that is I am attempting to put to practice some of what I am going to be teaching you today. I am with my family. I'm investing in my children because they asked me to. And so I'm telling you that because if you're used to hearing more crowd noise, uh, more crowd participation, you're not going to hear it from me today. But that just means that in all of our spaces, in every room, at every location, I'm going to need you in every room to lean in, to make some noise. Come on, let's test it out. Make some noise if you're glad to be in church today. Come on. I'm gonna need you to participate. I'm gonna need you to say amen where it's appropriate to say amen. Like when I say, say amen, you say amen. When I say amen, you say amen. I'm gonna need you to lean in so it can feel right to every body. How many of you believe that God is, is more than able to speak no matter when he speaks, he can talk to you Four days from today, he can speak to you through a pre-recorded message, just like he can speak to you through somebody who's either in the room with you or is being live streamed instantly. God is able to speak and to move. His Holy Spirit is not confined by technology or our spaces. And I just believe today with all my heart that the Spirit of God is going to do something powerful in your life. I believe he's going to work miracles today. We're gonna pray specifically for miracles today. I believe he's going to do an incredible, mighty, powerful, strong work in your life if you want him to, if you need him to so let's get everybody participating right now. Here's what I want to ask you. Um, I, I want to ask you, how many of you are, are parents in the house or you have been a parent? Raise your hand if you are a parent or you've been a parent. That means you're raising kids or you, you've got adult kids. Raise your hand if you are a parent, everybody. Okay, put your hands down. Now I want you to raise your hand if you have a parent or you've ever had a parent. Raise your hand if you have a parent or you've ever been a parent. Or if you have a parent or you've ever had a parent, raise your hand. That's just about everybody in the room, right? Um, And if I'm missing anybody, let me ask you this question. Raise your hand if you know a parent or you've ever known any parent. Raise your hand. All right, I think we've just about captured everybody in the room. You are a parent. You've been a parent. You have a parent or you know Now, I want you to know that today we are speaking to parents, but it is a message that will apply to everybody. We're all gonna walk away with something. I promise you, just like last week when I spoke to teenagers and young adults, and we were all challenged, we all walked away with something. And I I do want to um, also quickly remind parents, teachers, leaders of Gen Z on September 16th that we are hosting a one day conference for you. That we are bringing in a very special guest, Dr. Tim Elmore, who um, is an expert in understanding generations and generational trends and generational movements. He's teaching a master class and we are uh, making an investment in you by bringing him here. I need you to make an investment in yourself by being here I'm doing a session and I just want you to know um, to call it a masterclass might be an understatement because I'm gonna be using research that I've gathered from 19, 20 or so books that I've specifically read and studied regarding the topic of Gen Z. And so if you wanna better understand this emerging generation, you wanna have influence in the emerging generation, you, you need some tools as a parent on how to raise some Gen Z children. Be here, you can sign up today, just check, text the word "conference" to the number on the screen. There is a small fee. I think it's like $49 a person. It's a little um, less than double that if, if you come as a couple. But I, I want to also say this that if you can't afford the registration fee, just just come. All right, we're, we're not going to turn you away. If you can't afford it. I, I don't want a $49 fee to keep you from really changing your, your life or your outlook when it comes to life and engaging the next generation. Today though, I want to talk about what it looks like to be a good parent. How to be a good parent specifically to the next generation. And to be a good parent to the next generation, we have to begin by acknowledging that every generation has its own unique set of circumstances and challenges. And this generation emerging is no different except that it is completely different from any other generation that has come before it. The challenges of the emerging generation are are more significant. Some of the most basic and and fundamental truths that have undergirded societies, not just for generations, but since the beginning of time, they're being discarded. The the circumstances in this generation are insane. I just want to encourage somebody today by saying the opportunities in this generation are greater, and that God does some of his best work in the dark. Can I get an amen? It was from a dark tomb that Jesus rose from the dead. The resurrection of Jesus took place from a dark tomb, and it was only three days before the resurrection of Jesus that creation mourned his Death, and I believe we're just three days, come on, three days away from revival. I'm speaking that prophetically, and by days I don't mean like like by Wednesday, but, but I believe we're close to seeing God do something supernatural, unexplainable in this generation. Because when I look at this generation, what I see is a generation full of young people who are hungry for the Lord, where the Spirit of God is moving If you ever want to know where God is working his greatest work, look at the places the enemy is working overtime and attacking like crazy because all the enemy can do is respond to what God is doing. And so where you see the enemy attacking the most, that must be where God is doing his most incredible work. My daughters came home from youth small group this past Sunday night. They said, Dad, we've outgrown three rooms already. We need more space. This past youth night, they said, Dad, this youth night was the biggest youth night we've ever had. It's incredible. Like so many students are are, are coming. When, When they came home from youth camp, they said, Dad, it was so incredible. So many of our friends were called into ministry at youth camp and the worship, sometimes the worship sessions, they just kept going and going. And it wasn't because the people on the stage kept it going, the people on the stage tried to end the the service like five, six times, it was the students who kept singing and worshiping. Can I encourage somebody today, you want to be a good parent, make sure you get your children in environments where they're being challenged spiritually, where the Spirit of God has opportunity to grip their heart, where they're surrounded by friends and by by youth leaders who love Jesus and who love them. Because if I know anything about parenting, it's that parents can oftentimes feel overwhelmed. Any parent you ever feel overwhelmed? Overwhelmed. What I know about parenting is that for every one of us, I'm a parent, I have two daughters, for every parent, the jury's out, right? We're making decisions now, raising children today, and then we've got to wait like 20, 30 years just to see how much we screwed up our kids, and hopefully it wasn't too much. <laughs> the jury's out. Sometimes Parents don't know what to do or what to say or how to respond. Why? Because every child is different. Every circumstance is unique and there is no step-by-step how to process, to follow when it comes to parenting our children. Sometimes we don't even know what our kids need from us. Sometimes we give them the wrong things, things they didn't need then as soon as we think we've got it all figured out in one season, our children enter a brand new season and we're back to square one not knowing a dang thing about how to be a good parent. As soon as we feel like we've got a handle on it, the handle falls off. Can I get an amen from somebody who knows what I'm talking about? Parenting is hard. It's a lot of work. There's a lot of parents in our church. We have single parents. We have have married parents. Parents who are fostering. Parents who are in process of adopting. We have grandparents fulfilling the role of a parent. And I just wonder, church, if we can honor all the parents right now. Come on. Would you put your hands together? Could we just show honor? Come on. To all the parents in our church today. There's a lot of struggling parents who are here today, and I just want you to know there is hope for you and for your kids. And if I can encourage you to hold on, if if you're trying to be a parent, but you're unable to conceive, if you're trying to be a parent, but it's just not quite yet worked out for you, we're going to pray for you today. We're going to pray for miracles But I do feel the need to forewarn you that every time I've felt compelled by the Spirit of God to pray this specific prayer and for miracles this way, miracles have always happened. When we fasted and prayed, the most incredible, miraculous conceptions have taken place. People people who have been struggling for years and years, when we pray and there have been moments we've anointed people with oil, we've prayed for miracles, and I'm telling you, I've got story after story after story that I could share with you of miracles like this. You are in the right place today. We're going to pray for you. If you have had a parent who uh, did not treat you well, they did not love you well, they they did not stick around, I'm sorry that you had a parent like that, and I just want you to know that that, Your parent, if they hurt you or mistreated you or walked out on you, that 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 parent did not reflect, does not reflect the heart of the heavenly father for you. A heavenly father who says, I will never leave you nor will I forsake you. A heavenly father who loves you with an unconditional and everlasting love that means you can't make him love you more. He already loves you more, and you can't do or say anything to make him love you less. He is a good, good father and every good father, every good parent has a dream for their child, wants to see their child flourish to to, to become the world changer that God's created them to be. Every good parent has a dream for their kids and yet even with the biggest dreams and the best intentions we as parents fall short over and over and over. But can I remind you, our God, he never will. He does not fall short. He does not fail. He will never falter. And my God, if you would lean into him today, will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus, can I remind you that his grace is sufficient for you, that his power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, we will boast all the more gladly about our weaknesses that Christ's power may rest upon us. Anybody ready to dive in today? Can I encourage you with just a few thoughts right now number one you are not alone you are not alone it might feel like you are alone you are not alone matter of fact one of the prayers that i pray most over my kids is that the lord would surround my two girls with the right friends the right youth leaders the right teachers the right influencers why because i know their friends are going to have influence Their youth leaders will have influence. Their teachers will have influence. And I can't tell you how many times my wife and I have prayed a friend away. Did you know that you can pray a friend away? That there have been friends in their life? And I'm like, no, no, no. That's that's not going to work. They're in your class this year. They're not going to be in your class next year because I'm praying them out. And sure enough, the next year comes and my daddy, he got a new job and we've got to move to Idaho and and I'm like, see you later. <laughs> that was my prayer, that the Lord would move you out and away from my two girls. You are not alone. It might feel like you are alone at times, but you're not alone. And we all have a part to play. Why? Because we need pastors and teachers and kids church volunteers and small group leaders and mentors and aunts and uncles and grandparents and coaches and counselors to deposit godly wisdom into our children. We can't deposit everything. We, we, we need each other. We, we all have a part to play. I'm, I'm not alone. And that's a good thing because I can't do this on my own. Matter of fact, I've gone out of my way to, to, to bless my girls through other people, we, because of what we get to do, we, we are often in rooms with, with some of my daughter's like, greatest inspirations and role models. People like Carrie Job and Brooke Liggerwood and uh, Hillsong Young and Free, Elevation Worship. They, they listen to the songs. They're, they're, they're inspired by their ministries. So, we've gotten to spend time in green rooms and have lunches and dinners and conversations, and all that is great. The conversations are wonderful. But I've always made it a point, as their father, to, to say before we leave, Hey, Carrie, w- would you mind before we go? Would you mind just laying hands on my two girls and would you just speak over them, prophetically over them, pray? over them could you take a moment and just deposit something of value into my girls because there might be something that you say that they're going to hear if it comes from you that they may never hear if it comes from me would you lay hands on them would you speak life over them because god maybe has put something in your heart even prophetically in your heart in the in this moment that you're going to speak over my child and It's going to make a deposit, and that deposit's going to grow. We all have something to deposit. You are not alone. But here's what else I want to encourage you with is there are no perfect parents. Can I get an amen from all the not perfect parents? Come on. There are no perfect parents. No matter how hard we try to be perfect, we're never going to be perfect. So let me give you a new goal. Don't try to be perfect. Don't try to be a perfect parent because you're never going to succeed at trying to be perfect. But you can be a present parent and you can be a prayerful parent. Be present. Be praying. And know that God is with you. We're not perfect. I've I've made a lot of mistakes as a dad. I've I've overreacted at times with my kids. I've I've lost my temper at times with my kids. I've I've said things I should not have said. I've I've gone to my room and shut the door too early because I was frustrated being the only male in a house with three other women. I've I've done that. I've, I've been frustrated. I've missed the mark. I'm not perfect. I'll tell you a story. One day I was picking up my oldest daughter, Morgan, from a middle school event. She was in fifth grade going on sixth grade. It was an outdoor event. And so I showed up after the event to pick her up. And as I was picking her up, one of our youth pastors handed her an invitation. And I knew what the invitation was. I just didn't know why you were giving it to my daughter. I I looked at the invitation. I I looked at the youth pastor and I said, what is that? And he said, it's an invitation to, to youth night. I said, well, why are you giving that invitation to my daughter? He goes, well, we want to invite her to youth night. And I said, but she's only in fifth grade going on sixth. And he said, I know, Pastor Chad, that's when we start youth ministry. And I said, who's we? And how long have we been doing this? And he's like, for a long time, Pastor Chad. And I said, baby, give me that invitation. I literally... I pulled it out of her hand. I said, that is not for you. I gave it back to the youth pastor. I said, I'm going to call you later. She's only going into sixth grade. She does not belong in any youth ministry. I I was piping hot mad. I was so frustrated. I drove home in silence. I got to my room. I shut the door. I called our youth pastor. I'm like, what are you thinking? How are you going to invite my my sixth grade daughter to a youth night? You didn't even talk to me first. He's like, you pastor the church. You should know these things. And I said, well, what does my pastor's church do? What does Pastor Rick's church do? He said, they start in sixth grade. I said, well, what does Life Church do? He said, they start in sixth grade. I said, what does Highlands do? He said, they start in sixth grade and I'm I'm looking up all these churches. I I get to one of my friend's church, Church of the Highlands in Birmingham and I, I realize they start in sixth grade. I'm an idiot. My daughter, she just grew up too fast. I just wasn't prepared for this moment and I missed the mark completely. I hung up the phone. I apologized. I went downstairs. I walked into my daughter's room. She was sitting on her bed. I said, baby, this card does belong to you. She said, no, dad. I don't ever have to go to to, to youth night. I'll always be your little girl. I said, no, no, no. This card belongs to you. I want you to go. You just grew up too fast. I, I I just, I missed this moment. I wasn't ready for this shift in your life. Well, I had... Notice while I was doing the research that night that in Birmingham, a friend of ours was putting on a youth conference for like 12,000 teenagers and it was two days from that day. And so I said, hey, uh, just so you know, not only are you invited to youth night, but I need you to pack your bags because I've got a friend in our church with a small plane and he's Agreed to fly you and me to Birmingham. We're going to go to a youth conference. You're, you're going to experience your very first youth conference with your dad. Come on somebody. Where the dad's at. And so we flew in this, this, this tiny four-seat single-engine plane with the parachute. and a few years later, I would take my youngest daughter, Macy, same accommodations. Come on somebody. And we went and experienced a a youth conference together. There are no perfect parents. Sometimes we miss the mark. All you can do is be a present parent. Be a praying parent. Be there for your children when it matters the most. And, and don't stop praying for your kids. And, and know that God is with you always and ever present and close. And that you can trust in the Lord with all your heart. And that you don't have to lean on your own understanding. But in all of your ways, you can choose to submit to him. And he will make your crooked path straight. There are no perfect parents but there are present parents and there are prayerful parents and I pray we would be both to our children four principles of parenting the next generation I I think are pretty important number one we need to acknowledge our kids belong to the Lord children belong to the Lord they're not our kids they're they're God's kids Psalm 127 says children are a heritage from the Lord an a reward from, from him. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, including our children. My children don't belong to me, they belong to God. And I, as their parent, I'm not their master, I'm their ambassador. Can I get an amen? I'm not their master, I'm their ambassador. And these are the commands, decrees and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach to you to observe. So that you, your children, their children after them, that that you may fear and that they may fear the Lord as long as you and they shall live. Be careful to obey that it might go well with you and with your children. And and these are the decrees that we're called by God to follow. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. These commandments I give you today are to be on your heart. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your homes and on your gates. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord. Fear the Lord your God. Serve him only. Do not follow other gods. And in the future, when your son or daughter asks you, what's the meaning of all of this? These laws, these stipulations, these decrees that God has commanded us to follow, you tell him and you tell her, it is that we might prosper and be kept alive. All of God's decrees are always for our good. God's commands are always for our good. God's directives are always for our good because the Lord, our God, he is always good. And you can trust him with your children. One of the best prayers you could ever pray for your child is, Lord, I give you my child. I'm, I'm placing them into your hands. Would you lead them and guide them and protect them and provide for them and cover them, sustain them, surround them, develop them into who you've created them to be, into what you've intended for them our children belong to the Lord. And I'm going to mess up a lot as a dad, but my, my heavenly father, he never will. Isn't that good news? Our God, he does not fail. Number two, our children need us to tell them the truth, that they do belong to God, that they do have a heavenly father who loves them and Cares for them deeply. We we have been given this, this responsibility to steward our children while they're young. They need to hear us say, baby girl, you were made by. God and for God he formed you and he fashioned you in his image and likeness he's gifted you he's purposed you, you've been set apart by God and for God, you've been anointed by him, he loves you, he cares for you, he's never giving up on you, tell them the truth about God, tell them the truth about sin and why we need God tell them the truth about salvation, that that salvation is found in no one else but Jesus for there is no other name but Jesus under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved tell them the truth practice Psalm 78 We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders, so that the next generation might know them, even the children not yet born, and that they in turn will teach their own children so that each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. We've got to tell our children the truth because let's be honest in the world today, it doesn't seem like most people want to tell the truth or even know how to tell the truth. And we need to be intentional. Our children need us to be intentional with them. A present parent is an intentionally present parent. A prayerful parent is an intentionally present parent prayerful parent. A patient parent is an intentionally patient parent. Intentionally intentional. I've heard it said this, that as a parent, the, the days are long, but the years are short. And I'm starting to, to realize that myself, and it's hard. I, I even realized that, that by the time we opened the doors to our new Polaris Location, my my oldest daughter will be able to worship with us for a few months, and then we're going to be sending her off to college. And every day we go and we walk the space together, and we dream together, and we look at the building together. We're making plans together, and she's going to see that for a few months, and we're going to be sending her off to, to college. And I I could just about break down and cry right now, to be honest with you. That thought just pains me so. Much. If you want to look at parenting and the cycles of parenting, you can kind of break it down into four stages of life. The the discipline stage is is when they're just born to about the age of five. And the most important thing we do when our kids are very young is we we just teach them how to obey. We're we're protecting them. We're starting them off in the way that they should go so that when they are old, they will not depart from it and we're teaching them simple truths but we're also teaching them how to obey don't cross the street without holding a hand don't touch the stove it'll burn your hand don't don't stick your finger in an outlet it'll kill you through your finger come on somebody Uh, and you don't have to worry about explaining yourself you're just keeping your kids alive you're just protecting them You want them to understand how to obey. Stage two, when they're a little older, between like 5 and 12, you're not just teaching them how to obey. You're actually teaching them why it is important to be obedient to your parents, to to honor the Lord. They're learning why obedience matters, the, the why behind the what that they've been told to do, And they're, they're learning that, hey, we do have your best interest in mind. The Lord has your best interest in mind. And this is why. And then in stage three, it's the coaching years. And this is where my wife and I are right now between like the ages of 12 and 18, where uh, you're starting to really teach your kids how to make their own decisions in life and then to live with the consequences, good or bad, of the decisions they've made. They've still got some protection. They're still living under your roof and your parental authority. But, but they're learning how to make their own decisions. You're not stepping in so quickly to fight their battles or to make decisions for them. But they're learning how to make their own decisions. I had a, a really great example to share with you. Um, one that one of my daughters, she, she had a really uh, difficult decision to make. And she, she knew what the right decision was to make but it was hard we talked it through and and i said baby you're just gonna have to make the decision you know is right to make I'm, i'm gonna trust you you do what you think is best and right and she she did and it and it cost her some things and but on on the flip side she she gained a ton back. And, and if you're wondering why am I not really telling you what the actual thing was, I'm, I'm trying to be a good parent. And as a pastor who's a parent, I, I often will ask my children first, can I share this example from your life? And in this case, she said, not yet, Dad. And so I said, can I tell the church that you said not yet, Dad? And she said, you can tell them that. But just know I had a really good example. But It's hard. It's hard as a parent to watch your kids hurt, to watch your kids be hurt by others, to watch your children navigate the difficulties in life. But in this stage, we're we're teaching them to navigate the difficult circumstances of life, navigate relationships, make decisions, learn from those decisions in in a hope that, and my hope is that when we get to the next phase, when, when they're out of the house, the friendship phase, the the when my children are grown phase. Our goal as parents has always been this, that, that when our girls are grown, that they would love the Lord, that they would love his church, that they would love their mom and dad, that they would love each other, and that they would want to be together and with us still, even when they don't have to. That when I call them up, they're 22, and I say, "Hey, you want to come over and hang out and sit by a fire?" They're not like, "Dad, not again." But they they want to. When I show up at their work or in their at their college dorm just to say hi, maybe I have to fly all the way across the country. I don't know where it is, but I don't want them to roll their eyes. I want them to be glad. To see me, I don't know what better goal a parent could have than my grown kids love the Lord. They love the church. They love their mom and dad. They love each other if there's other siblings involved. And, and they still want to be together and with us even when they don't have to. Sounds like a pretty big win to me. Let me give you one more uh, sort of tool that... You might can put some practical skin on and apply this. I'm not going to spend much time here, but um, uh, it's the four T's of parenting. Time is the first. You, You give them as much time as you can. Be present. Amen. Make time for your children. Because the reality is, is we make time for what matters. And so by not making time, you're saying to your children, you don't matter. You make time for what matters. If you're on the golf course more than you're spending time with your kids, the golf course matters more than your kids do, and they know it. You might not even realize it yet, but but your kids know it. You're communicating something. Be present, intentionally present. doesn't mean you're never tired. doesn't mean you're never busy. But you will make time. It's hard to, to get a night with me if your name's not. Katie, Morgan, or Macy, it's, it's hard to schedule anything with me at nights because I protect my nights. Generally, most weeks, I'm, I'm home for dinner with my children. I'm not perfect about it, though. Last Saturday, I, I, I asked my oldest daughter, who's learning how to drive, if she wanted to go for a ride with me. And we set a time later in the afternoon. She fell asleep. She was tired. I fell asleep. I was tired. We both kind of woke up, and I think we were trying to figure out, does Dad really want to go? Does she really want to go? And finally she said, Dad, do you want to go driving with me? And I I told her, I said, honey, honestly, I don't feel like it right now. I'm tired, and uh, maybe we should just do it another time. It doesn't seem like that big a deal, but I woke up the next day, and I started thinking about, was I really that tired? Like I can't ever get that Saturday back. And I felt this deep remorse, like, man, I really missed it. I could have spent like an hour or two in the car with my 16-year-old daughter. And God knows what we could have talked about. And and I missed that. I I said no to that. Like, how foolish am I? So I was kind of beating myself up about it. And I pulled her aside a few days later, and I talked to her about it. And we took a drive. We took a drive. And Sometimes you're going to miss the mark. Sometimes you... You won't make time, but when you're intentional, you'll notice when you're missing the mark and you'll do something about it. You'll give them appropriate touch, personal touch, appropriate touch, and not just when they're, babies when they're older my my girls i don't want them ever to be too old to be touched by their dad to for me to be able to hold their hand or to walk uh, on a sidewalk holding their hand and then to spin them front ways and back ways i've been spinning them since they were little girls and they still will let me spin them and i hope they never stop letting me spin them i I don't want them to be too old for for an embrace a kiss That's something that as parents, we have to intentionally foster. And dads, this this might be hard to hear, but if they're not getting it from you in an appropriate way, chances are they're going to start looking for it in other places and it might not be so appropriate. Our kids, they, they need us, especially fathers. Talk to your kids, listen to them. Foster environments and opportunities for conversation. Keep the door open to talking with your children so that you can know what's going on in their life and and build traditions with them. Something that they can look forward to, that that you can look forward to. And it doesn't have to cost a lot of money. It just needs to be something that you enjoy, that everybody enjoys, that, that, that that's something you do together that they can't get it anywhere Else. One of the traditions that I love with my girls, and and it's it's become honestly one of the greatest memories of our lives, is I, I turned that terrible response of mine to, to my daughter being invited to youth night, not only into her first conference in Birmingham, but it became my youngest daughter's first conference in Birmingham. And no, we don't fly on that plane every time we go to Birmingham again. We we only did that for the first. Time, but, but we go to Birmingham every year now in the month of July and we spend time together there. This was our family just this past July, back in Birmingham, surrounded by like 13,000, 14,000 teenagers making memories together, just keeping the tradition alive. And on one of the nights, I think it was a Thursday night, Pastor Jensen Franklin was preaching, preached a great message. He prayed over some kids and then kind of walked off to the side. And I was sitting in the friends and family section, so I would spoken with Pastor Jensen beforehand. And, um, but he was in worship. He was deep in kind of prayer, it looked like. And, and my daughter, she tapped me on the shoulder and she said, Daddy, I really want that man to pray for me. And as a dad, that's all I needed. I, I just left my seat. I went and grabbed Pastor Jensen. He was deep in prayer. I just jerked him right out of that prayer moment. And I said, Pastor, I need you to come with me so you can lay hands on my girls. And I want you to pray over them and speak life over them. And one of the most powerful moments of that conference was just watching my girls receive something from one of the generals of our faith right now. Just an incredible voice, a prophetic voice in the world today. And he laid hands on me and he prayed over me. We, but it's not always Birmingham. We Sometimes we'll just light a fire and sit around a fire or go try out a new restaurant. We love to go out to eat. We love taking rides in our Jeep. Just be intentional. Make time. And don't stop fighting for your kids. Because our kids need us to fight for them. You could kind of say that that was a moment where I was fighting for them. I I had to walk through some people. I had to interrupt the pastor who was in prayer with 13,000, 14,000 kids surrounding him and say, I need you to focus on these two girls because they're mine, but really they're the Lord's. And he's entrusted me to steward them. And if I could get you to pray for them, and impart something into their life. Our kids need us to fight for them. You don't have to be perfect. Just be prayerful and fight for your kids. The enemy hates your kids. He hates our kids. He's working overtime on our kids to destroy the hearts and the minds of the emerging generation and and to confuse them. And, And my God, do we need to fight for our children and to put on the full armor of God so that we might take our stand against the devil's scheme for our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers and authorities and powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms we just need some moms and dads to say devil over my dead body are you taking hold of my child devil not on our watch are you going to steal an entire generation devil not while we're here fighting for them are you going to destroy their minds and we are imparting something into our children we're praying for them so much now while we're still here that long after we're gone those prayers will still be reaping rewards for them they'll still be covered in prayer because we covered them so much while we were here Not on my watch are we going to lose this generation. Not while this church is here will we lose this generation. Come on, everybody in every space, stand up on your feet. Whitehall, Polaris, North, Tilliard, stand up on your feet. If you are A parent, you're raising children, or you've got adult kids. I want you to raise up both hands to heaven. Come on, we need to to just submit to the Father. If you're a parent, raise up both hands to heaven. I want to pray over you. Father, you see every parent in this church with hands lifted to you. I pray that you would cover them. Bless them. Cover their children and bless their children. And would you give every parent eyes to see and ears to hear as your precious Holy Spirit guides them and floods them with supernatural wisdom. Holy Spirit, cover every home with supernatural protection. Flood every heart with unexplainable peace. For every wayward son and daughter that a mom or a dad or a grandparent is praying for, we call them home to you in Jesus' name. Come on, church, if you agree, make some noise in this place. For every mom and dad, for every child. If you desire to have children but you've struggled... If you want to have a family but you've not been able to, lift up both hands to heaven. We're going to pray right now and I believe that we serve a miracle working God. And, and there's going to be some miracles that are come, going to come out of this moment we're in right now together. You want to have kids but it's been a struggle. Lift up both hands to heaven. Father, you see every hand lifted and you know the pain. You know the hurt that they've been walking in and dealing with. You are a a healing God. You are our provider. And so by faith right now, we declare your word that children are a gift from you. And so we ask you now to birth forth rivers in the desert that, that life would arise out of barren wombs. Would you do a miracle work? in these families, in Jesus' name, and we will give you all the glory. If you agree, say amen. Come on, say amen. And if you're here today and you you need Jesus in your life, you want to be saved. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Come on, we're still standing. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You wanna be saved, you wanna be forgiven. The Bible says everyone who calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. If you want to be saved, you want to be forgiven and filled with the Spirit of God. Pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, I need you and I trust you. As Lord and Savior of my life, forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me through and through and fill me with your Holy Spirit. As I choose to follow you and live my life for you, would you lead me into the life that you've created me to live? A life that makes a difference for you. A life that makes heaven full. In Jesus' name. Come on, everybody said. Amen.